There's music. Music is a thing. When you die, there's some answer. Either there's nothing and you just decompose and that's it, or there could be an alternative existence. Okay, right. let me just. I'm just gonna get into this now because I'm, I'm getting jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> what up, gang? It's me, your boy. Just doing the best he can. I think I exist, right? Anyway, everyone's favorite segment, Q's Pet Peeve of the Week. This week, what's troubling Q is the inevitability that a blackberry seed will get stuck in your teeth every time you eat one. Gotta agree with him on that one. That is uh, gonna happen. We're brought to you today by Shift Sport and Wellness and, of course, SnugglyDragon.com. Head on over to uh, shiftsportandwellness.com or uh, snugglydragon.com if you're if you feel like making your life a better place. All right, enough brass tacks. Let's get on to some content here. My guest today is a veteran of the podcast and just a complete and total sweetheart, Mr. John Michael Domingo. Dude's brilliant, enthusiastic, inspiring, blossom. I always have a blast chatting with this guy, uh, so check us out. Thanks. Love you. Snuggly Dragon Podcast. I'm downtown, One Shell Square. Um, Finance? No, it's technically petroleum engineering. That's what I studied in college. Mm -hmm. Um, Dude, what are you... What kind of petroleum are you engineering? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? What the hell do you do? Like, right. you're that that. I mean, obviously, the oil industry is mad, like runs the world. So you're just kind of sitting on a computer and like telling people where to go frack or some shit. I don't know. What, what the hell do you do? Yeah, there's there's so much that comes into it. Like, um, I'm technically not doing like exactly what I study to do. That's mm-hmm. why it's kind of interesting. I'm with a company who's a subcontractor for a major oil company, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not hired by the major oil company. I'm hired by another company. Why? If that makes sense. Because, well, that's just who I knew. This uh, company hires Shell or whatever because one Shell Square or is that just different entities? Uh, they have different entities in right, there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean like that's not Shell Square. It's one Shell Square. Right, it's like right, another right. name. So well, let's say fucking BP hires company A, which hires your company to like – to what? BP would hire company A and I'm in company A. And like what? The reason the reason is the reason for that is um sometimes it's just cheaper for them to like have subcontractors do stuff in- instead of like them having employees do it or some or maybe we have a specialty that their employees don't have. So our company um we our specialty is like we kind of doing IT work, honestly. Okay. So, so the thing the place that I work uh in this in this company is we basically are doing surveillance on their stuff out in the Gulf of Mexico. Whoa. So I'm not actually, like, trying to find oil, which sounds pretty cool, and I'd be down, you know, but... Just go out there with the yeah. shovel. <laughs> <and> the <shoulder. laughs> yeah, like back in the day. Um, but the way that we describe it is, first off, think about if any of those big assets go down, like... like if big ships or... Um, well, they call them, like, like, platforms or something. Like, they're literally these gigantic things out there floating out in, you know... Just in the water. Um, and the Gulf of Mexico, that's Gulf of Mexico. We got some, like, kind of all over the place, some by, by Brazil and stuff. 
um, if if something pretty important goes on in one of those and like a uh, compressor goes down or something, if that thing is down for a day, it's like a million dollars a day to run that. Right. So something that seems like not a huge deal can shut down all this other stuff. You know, everything mm-hmm. is affected by other things. So we are monitoring all that equipment uh, to make sure that something doesn't go wrong that could be, you know. Now, we're not necessarily like first responders, meaning like, oh, you right. got 10 minutes. <laughs> you know? You gotta but, swim out to the golf and get it now. Solder a giant and, shit back together. <laughs> do, you, are you, do you guys have like a particular beef with nuclear energy? Being oil guys? Is that like a camp? No, beef with nuclear energy? Yeah, like, because no. doesn't nuclear energy put, like, the whole world economics out of whack if it's kind of, like, adopted? Isn't that a big thing? I don't I don't d- dive deep into that, but um, I don't know how close we are to, like, any of that really being, like, are you saying putting oil out of business, kind of? Is that what kind of what you're getting at? I mean, because oil's kind of like not sustainable and like kind sure. of bad news for the world at the rate that we're doing it right that's an interesting thing dude i was literally talking to one of the guys at um at this company who's like knows way more than i he's been away for like 30 years he was trying to tell me the other day that he thinks it's his personal opinion that a lot of that theory is kind of like not real because huh. he's saying that we've been told 30 to 50 years, oil's gone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I promise you, in 10 years, it's still going to be 30 to 50 years. Yeah, the frustrating thing about <laughs> all this mass media stuff is you can find a legitimate scientist on either side of any argument. I usually talk about this with regards to nutrition, which is like, come on, somebody please just fucking tell me what I should and should not eat. Can someone please do that? How often I should eat? What I should eat? No, you can find all these different, like, legit people backing any sort of the argument so like i mean there are people who say anthropomorphic global catastrophic what's it called climate change or whatever like there's there's like really smart doctors that i know who are like no that's not legit right like, like the world happens in cycles and it's like the ice age and and it's like what what do you know how can you know the big stuff without actually anything. going and Dude, how indeed. I start losing when and see that I've recently been kind of feeling just how you are where um I don't know, you just start hearing both sides of stuff and everything and one thing that people are um not I don't know, getting more loose with nowadays is just claiming things to be facts that aren't like a fact. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to lie, like that's a big thing in like blog world, you know, taking an opinion and just like asserting it like a fact. Right. And I and I'm not going to say that I haven't done that before. Um but when it comes to like these real deal, like, important things. I don't get how it can't just be. How is there one, somebody on this side, somebody on this side? It's like, isn't there just, a, like, a right answer? It's almost as if it make sense the friction me. between the sides is what's keeping the world going. It's like, like, media and news and conflict. It's like, no, like, good news isn't newsworthy. Right. Bad news is good. So, like, fighting and... Donald Trump says this stupid thing. It's like dumb, annoying stuff is like good TV for some freaking reason. And I just, come on. I want to say everything I've heard about oil is like we got to find a new. Right. Is that what fossil fuels are? What the hell are fossil fuels? Oil is a fossil fuel. Like when I think of a fossil fuel, I think of, first of all, I think of Pokemon for some reason. (laughs) Second of all, I think there's like a skeleton imprint of a 
of Dying. a dragon right. in like a piece of slate from a million years ago, and you throw that into a furnace, <laughs> and then you get America after that. <laughs> so somewhere along that uh, little pie chart, I think I'm I'm misguided. Yes. What is a fossil fuel? Well, it's not an archaeological term, is it? Dude, I don't know. You're treading in the water here. Um, this is your fucking. Yeah, but the thing is that I've been fo- changing my focus, like uh. you know. So it's kind of difficult. Like, I, here's one thing: when I was in school, junior, senior year, petroleum engineering, still getting good grades, just because I'm just I'm just a good student, Jesuit right? So I'm just like gotta, you know, um, brother Martin actually. Oh my god! Oh, I just assume you were a Jesuit guy, but you weren't. You'd look great in the uh, in the beige. Hey now, <laughs> but. I just, um, I don't know. I was getting straight A's, and but there were kids who were getting like B's and C's who I could just tell knew more just mm-hmm. in general about this whole industry. Yeah, that's weird. I'm just like a classic, like good student, you right? Said book smart. I just like here's the study. material for this exam. Study it and do well. Okay, cool. But like, do I know the whole thing? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Lil Wayne's got a great quote because I mean he dropped out of school in like eighth grade or whatever, but he was like, I don't understand because he got all A's. In, in school before he did and he was he said I don't understand why people think school is so hard they give you all the answers before the test mm. and then which was like a pretty humbling and interesting way to put it I imagine it gets a little harder after 8th grade a little more conceptual Wayne if you're listening so but yeah I mean I see from what I know though like so the classic thought of <clears throat> oil type stuff like people just imagine it's like a huge pond of oil under the ground mm-hmm. it's really not like that is that what you think of I thought there was a layer of of oil reserves every once in a while geographically and we blast like water down there that's fracking and it kind of like evaporates and magically oil appears as a result of that <laughs> okay that's, that's, no, no, that's, that's good. A lot of people think that it's just like literally like a, like a lake of oil under the ground but it's not there's not like empty pockets under the I mean I guess they're are but it's like it's more like um oil is just like it's in the pores it's all solid rock hmm. it's solid rock but there's pores in it so it's not like a just a mass body of of right. like liquid but it's really like distributed throughout these pores and the hmm. whole thing is that you have to have enough pores and they have to be interconnected so that like the oil can flow through it and so then we stick our straw in there, you know, and start sucking it up. Or stick a straw in one and blow water in the other so that it pushes it toward our other straw. Okay. And it's kind of just like with all things, too much of it is bad mm-hmm. because it upsets the natural balance. But your boy doesn't think we're just blasting the earth like way out of order. It's hard to tell, man, because like in the va- – if, if you zoom out into the scope of the earth, like – we're punching holes like here and there, but it's not like in comparison mm-hmm. to the Earth. It sounds like such an oil, guys. Like, it does. It does. Sign. Hey, but if you flip it around, I can totally see how like you're taking this Earth, you're you know drilling into it and then putting chemicals in there. So yeah, I see like, both we're sides. Here, I mean, we have a right as I guess the most dominant creatures on the planet to rule how we see fit? Question mark. It's funny how as long as we don't destroy the planet. But yeah, where but do you draw just, the line? Well, that's the thing. Where do you draw the line? And I think sometimes it's like you do something 
not realizing the consequences. Like, there's other things that you didn't even think about until you started the first one. Right. And now you're like, oh, <laughs> we got to think about that. Maybe we shouldn't have did that. Yeah. Maybe we caused all these giant hurricanes and tidal waves. I don't know. See, I don't understand how, like, the green... There's so much I don't know, which is why I like to talk to smart people like you. Uh. But it's like, people think that we are causing, like, giant superstorms in the world because of global warming and greenhouse gas and pollution. We're, like, freaking out the atmosphere, and that's what's causing, like, mega tidal waves and stuff? That doesn't sound right. I feel like that's just random acts of nature. So you think that if we didn't do this stuff, those wouldn't happen, you know? I have I have no idea. What the hell do I know? I feel like we should certainly behave in a manner that we know for sure to be compatible with making sure the Earth is healthy, Right. I mean, because that's just not sustainable. If we want to have children and give them a sweet life, right? then let's not zap all the resources <laughs> away, I guess. We just use it all, and it's like, all right, y'all can defend for yourselves now. I guess. Like, go check out Mars. I just right. heard Sam Harris today, like, confidently say, yeah, we're going to colonize Mars in the future. I was like, whoa. Pretty cool. That's pretty legit. What's uh, Elon Musk, like, selling tickets? I think he's, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know if this is true. Dude is the biggest rock star. <laughs> I've heard I don't know how true this is But I heard something about him Like pre-selling tickets To like some other planet <laughs> What a beast that That's when you hilarious. know You got the sales game Dude is like throwing Mini Coopers into Earth's orbit Building super speed tunnels Underneath Los Angeles or something Have you heard about any of that? He's like building Like high speed Like like zero gravity Mega swing transportation Like subcutaneous Transit type stuff. That dude is a G. And plus, he like plays the whole like billionaire genius. Oh, he goes right into it. PR, yeah. like fun guy. You know what I mean? Because it's like Bill Gates, or whatever, is probably like a cute little nerd. If you give him social media in the 90s, or whatever, it's probably like, here's like a billion dollars for this charity. Like, okay, that's sick. But I want to, I don't know. I guess I'm part of the problem because I want entertaining. Because you want more? Eccentric, goofy, famous people. What the hell do I know? I'd like to see a day in that guy's life. Elon? Yeah. What if, I mean, do you think he's really, do you think we build a bigger picture of him than is really? Definitely, but my man builds rockets. He does. Yeah. I read an article, again, I, don't, I never know what to believe anymore, but I read an article right? about um, him, like, planning his day out by, like, five-minute increments. What? Don't know if that's true, but that is ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. How do you do your day? Do you do... Actually, um, so I, my, if you just leave me to my own devices, my default mode is to break it down. Not to five-minute increments, but I'd be lying if I said that I didn't try to break it down in like 15-minute <laughs> increments at one point. I would love to crack into your brain and just see how you think about stuff with it. Because I feel like you're such an organized, like Tim Ferriss-style like beast. I would love to see like your thought processes and stuff. I I definitely, dude, it's a blessing and a curse, definitely. Let's start there. But um, organization planning, like, that's definitely just a natural thing for me. Mm -hmm. And and it's not always a good thing. Like, I can do, you can go over the top. But I've definitely tried to plan my schedule out to, like, 15-minute increments once. And it just did did not work. Oh, okay. Did not work. What happened? You just... Because there's just too many things that can go wrong, and then you're back. So many variables. Then you're quickly back, like, a 15-minute block, and then everything, you know, and then it just kind of falls apart. How, what kind of events were you trying to plan each 15-minute? Like, well, I mean, you, I'll plan, like, f- food, like, when I'm going to eat, 
and like my major I guess I approach from a film production background because it's like the most expensive part of film production is moving locations so you schedule everything of like physically where you're going to be that day so I, I usually take a pretty long time to leave any place my friends always yell at me for this because it's like oh I don't know when I'm coming back here and like the most efficient way for me to bring all of this stuff here has got to go this way and all that kind of stuff um, but yeah what what kind of 15, like 15 minutes, did you, you would like write down each, what if 15, I had an Excel sheet of each 15 minutes the yeah. night before or whatever? It would be like, um, well, I was poop like, here, like <laughs> masturbate here, like, <laughs> oh, I'm off schedule. Wait, I gotta go. <laughs> well, it, it begun, uh, I wanted to track what I was doing. So before okay. I wanted, before I was going to plan it, I wanted to see like, what do I actually do? Um, but that got complicated because it takes time to put it in there. That's like in my 15 minutes is logging it, right? So that just didn't work. Mm. Um, Did you play in bubble, like space pockets beforehand? Like the last 15 minutes of, of each hour should probably be like a dead zone because you're probably mm. still doing the, the first things or right. trying to be like exact. Well, that's my problem is I'm not good at putting dead zones in there. So uh-huh. there's always something, right? But that, but that's something I'm learning now and uh-huh. I'll get to that maybe in a second. Um, the way I kind of do it is similar to what you're saying. I do it backwards. So now, now I always know when I go over the top because I always go through the same thought process. So I have to be careful. But I, when I'm getting like a little crazy with it, I start thinking about how many hours are in this week, right? <laughs> And then I, yeah, and how then many I, hours are in a week? And then how many hours am I sleeping? How many hours are in a week? I don't know. Off the top yes, of you do. I don't. Twenty-four times seven. Seven times four is twenty-eight. Is seven times two is fourteen plus twenty. One hundred sixty-eight. Yeah, one sixty-eight. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, that's what came to my mind. I don't know if that's right or not. That's what we're gonna go with. Anyway, okay. how many hours do you sleep a week? Um, a third of that. You well, try to get eight. Well, if you shoot for eight, yeah, you know. So. Is that what you try and shoot for? I'm always interested in how often people sleep. Well, that's funny. I used to... Actually, a mutual friend of ours got me wanting to sleep more. Mm-hmm. Jake. Um, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Shift Sport and Wellness, by the way. We're in their studio right now, enjoying some wonderful quality alone time. We're drinking a little bit of vodka. Don't tell Jake. We smuggled some in here. But anyway, thank you super much. Great facilities. Shift Sport and Wellness. Super awesome stuff. He was convincing you about the importance of sleep, right? Because it's like the healthiest freaking thing you can do, right? Yeah. And because lack of sleep is actually a carcinogen now, and being awake is low-level brain damage. What? That one fucked me up. Low-level yeah. brain damage for it, just being just awake. Just being awake is low-level brain damage. Really? Yeah. That's what some scientists said on Joe Rogan's podcast. Well, it's funny because a lot of people... Um, you know, they're all about just hustling all the time. Right, it's glorified to it's not totally, sleep. Totally. Dude, you're giving yourself cancer and diseases. And <laughs> apparently you are – there's some stat about lack of sleep where if you are – if you've been awake for 24 hours in a row or something like that, you're just as physically impaired driving a car as you would be if you were over the legal drinking limit. It's something like that where it, it, there's a bunch of mind-blowing facts. I can point you to some literature and some – Really interesting interviews about it, but I'm sorry. I no, no, I'm down. Um, I'm always open to different viewpoints, you know, because that's the thing. Like, I just, I, I have my opinions, and then something inevitably comes in that just destroys it, and I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me at least give this a try. Readjust totally. You guys, what you got to do? Um, but he, he was kind of, you know, I used, to, I wake up at five every morning, right? Wow. I do that uh, five times a week, let's say four mm-hmm. to five, right? Um, but. 
I was like going to sleep kind of late, so I'm getting like six hours of sleep, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't sustainable, and I could tell, you know. So Jake, you could ca- tell what kind. of I symptoms? could just tell by day four or five of that that like so you just kind of feel it a little bit different, mm-hmm. a little less sharp. Things are a little bit more difficult. Definitely need like a midday nap. Love um, a nap. Do you love a nap? Took one before I came here. Oh, bless a nap. How long do you take naps for? So this is another thing. I used to because I read once twenty to twenty five minutes is kind of all you need. So I would take 23-minute naps. But <laughs> um, it's like I'm trying to do the math with regards to REM cycles because it takes 90 minutes for a REM cycle, right? And so if you're doing 25 minutes, that's like not quite even a half of a REM cycle. So I don't even know. But then it's also like, okay, maybe you're not working on your deep sleep. You're just getting a shot of energy. Because here's the thing. If I'm tired... I'm just not going to be good at work. And I could just sleep for 25 minutes, pop back up, and then boom, we go back into it. Or you could do the whole coffee thing, which I'm trying to keep under, keep healthy, right? Because, you know, a couple of people would be blasting four or five cups a day. It's like, that's just not the kind of life I want to have. If I'm ever at a point where I need to be drinking five cups of coffee a day, I'm switching industries. Right? Totally. For me, personally, totally, just because totally. I can't handle it. Some people are way more motivated and, and awesome than I am, but... I'm in a similar spot with the coffee. What, how how much do you drink? Uh, well, nowadays, well, first off, I'm kind of like you, man. I don't want to. I don't want to need it. Mm-hmm. I definitely drink a cup of coffee a day, um, either a cup of coffee or tea. I generally kind of like maybe a coffee to start the day, and then a tea later on. But you can ask my girlfriend. It's kind of funny because I don't like. It's hard to get me to just sip on a cup of coffee and like enjoy it. Right, I just. Like, I let's go. <laughs> Actually, it's it's like it's kind of the opposite because I just use it. It's not like I'm just gonna sip on a coffee. It's like coffee then something. Mm-hmm. Like the coffee specifically to enhance the next thing. Right. So coffee and then podcast. Workout. Coffee then write. Yeah. So it's never like just sip on a coffee. But I see. the thing is, caffeine affects me pretty like heavily, which uh-huh. I like, which is cool because that's what I want. I want it to be able to work. So if I drink too much of it, doesn't work. Um. So since I really don't drink that much, dude, it affects me like. If I get an iced coffee, which is rare, I swear those things have more caffeine than normal. And but I have to sip it slowly, or I'm gonna explode. Just yeah, I, I can sip on an iced coffee for like a couple hours. Just you know, and then somebody Probably next to me. Probably a smart way to do it. Well, it's not on purpose. It's just because I know if I do it, you know, you know the consequences. But um, but the sleep thing, I've been so I've been trying to get seven or eight, seven mm-hmm. eight hours. Um, but I think the interesting thing about like, getting up early is really the hardest part. I think is just getting to bed on time. On the other end. Yeah, I think it's the other end. People are always like, oh, I can't get up early. And I'm like, well, what time do you go to bed, you know? And mm. if you're going to bed at 1 o'clock, like, of course you're not going to get up early. Um, but I see that that's kind of hard because I consider myself pretty disciplined. But getting to bed at the time I want to is actually pretty difficult. There's always a couple things here. Yeah, because it's YouTube so much video yeah, at the here. end of the night. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, as soon as i got to go to bed, i got to start the like lame part of the day, <laughs> right? Uh, waking up is like, not waking up. Just getting out of bed is, it's like the hardest part of the whole day for you have, me. It's you like, have trouble with it? I mean, not, I just, I just freaking hate being ripped from my just cozy, comfy, wonderful, just safe spot. It's like my favorite place in the whole world. But it's not like I have to fucking wake up and go out and like do stuff, you right. know? So it's, I mean, I, I just like to ease, I'm like Drake, I like to ease into my day. Waking up at 6 p.m., like, where does the day go? No, I don't go that bad. But, like, I'm 
just one of my priorities is get a dope night's sleep, wake up, have a sick breakfast. Ooh. I'm talking like fabulous breakfast, a king's breakfast, right? And then just kind of ease into my day from there. What's a king's breakfast? Oh, yeah. A what's a king's breakfast? So my go-to, I'll do two, usually three eggs, kind of depending if I'm on my calorie balances. I do about six or seven ounces of protein. I switch it between like turkey, chicken, or beef. Damn. Um, I like to throw, I've been microdosing bacon for about four or five years. <laughs> two <laughs> spectacular benefit. Uh, so I'll do like three strips of bake. Microdosing bacon. Add a little extra carbs. I love pita chips. I'm a sucker for pita chips. Just simply naked, Stacy's salted, and it, it adds the good, you know, savory taste. Crumble them in? Uh, I usually, I mean, they come like little squares, so like you, you kind of goop a little egg with the uh, beef and it's like in your mouth. And then carbs, dude, I'm going, I have a huge fruit spread. I like to do pomegranate seeds, blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries, maybe a couple strawberries, and I'll also sub in like mango slash kiwi sometimes in the Greek yogurt, the little protein powder, a little bit of sugar, uh, raw cane sugar, of course, and then a glass of orange juice. This is your breakfast. This is my breakfast. Like every day. No way. Every day. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that what you had today? That is what I had today. What? Today I chopped the, the kiwi up in and put it into the yogurt combination, which was really cool. Uh, do you eat the, the kiwi skin, the brown fuzzies? Yeah, the whole thing, pretty much. Oh, you eat, eh, you don't eat the eggs? No, no, not the eggs. Right, but my buddy John Boy kind of got me onto eating the, the kiwi furry thing. And apparently people freak out. Like, I was eating that in front of a bunch of girls once, and they were losing their mind. I was like, I've eaten much nastier things than this, young ladies. Don't uh, <laughs> Let's not dig into here. <laughs> but no, breakfast is, oh, come on, man. Well, how do you feel after you eat a huge breakfast like that? Like, immediately after, and then like hour two, three later, how do you feel? Great. Um, okay. Great immediately after. If, if, I'm, if it's too big, and I've kind of gotten used to it because this is what I – I'm in kind of an arms race against my, my metabolism just because I pretty much cannot eat as much as I burn. So I kind of get to eat whatever I want, which is wonderful. But it's also like, dude, I get to eat or I'm just going to just burn through everything and I'm not going to like be big and strong. Just right? shrivel up. And just because of the whole like diabetic situation, my meals kind of have to be real – like planned and kind of structured so it's just really important for me to like pack that in i'll usually take like a nice kind of 10 minutes or so to digest because it's not like i'm getting up and then like moving after that right Mm. that's like a little over 900 calories around so um but yeah because i'm chasing that almost 3,000 calories a day thing and it's like i just gotta i just gotta eat one summer i think you and i are similar about um Fast metabolism. Mm-hmm. Like literally, if I just don't, if I don't kind of force myself to eat, I'll just, I can just by default start losing weight. And some, oh, some people hate that, and they get all, oh my gosh, you know, you can eat whatever you want. Wham, wham, right? But you don't understand, like, if you're actually trying to gain weight, it can be like pretty brutal. Like, gain weight yourself. is way harder than losing weight for me for wrestling. It's pretty brutal to um, have to force yourself to eat, Wait, especially when you're not hungry. Right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. not hungry. Um, but this is interesting how you you kind of like to get up a little bit later, make your breakfast, do your thing, take your time. Because this kind of gets to the heart of when I was like texting you the other day, right? Because you, you had your video um, that Chubby's mm-hmm. shared, which first off, so legit. You like, dude, thanks for that. You shared that, actually. That, was <laughs> that video was so good, dude. Dude, I'm glad you liked it. It's Thank like, you. it was short. It was, 
you know, kind of just right to the punchline, and it was hysterical, too. Dude, well, you make me feel like a whole bucket of smiles. Thanks. Did you make that with the intention of, like, I'm going to make this in the chubbies and maybe see if they can do something with it? Or you... Yeah, so similar to what we were talking about before, I'm just in a position where uh, it's like I don't have a publishing deal on my book. I'm just writing the book and then getting the publishing deal just because I'm blessed with the current situation I'm in. So it's like I want to be a guy who makes funny shit so it's like maybe I should just make funny shit and not get all worried about the details like oh well, well what's going to be I mean you have to think about your final exhibition and, and where it's going to land where it's going to end up but it's it's just like go out and make shit and then figure out what to do with it it's kind of how I'm feeling now so no I I actually did that with three different shorts companies so like I wrote that commercial and then I had tipsy elves and then I had Bird Dogs, and I had Chubbies, all three. Chubbies was the company I was aiming for because they had the biggest audience. I love their company. Seriously, I'm just a big fan of theirs. Um, and they, so I sent it to them first, and they just bid on it, and they really liked it. And, said, and then you just never released it. the other ones. Right. So I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't even edit the other ones because I was going to say, if Chubbies didn't like it, fine, I'm going to your competitor. And then they'll either be like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Or they'll be like, all right, good on you. And... I don't know, because I, again, wasn't commissioned from the start to do it, I produced it myself and then gave it. It was like, you need a little bit of insurance, right? So, uh, yeah. Dude, I think that's, I just think that's so cool. Um, Because what I was getting at is, I feel like your whole approach to this trying to be successful thing is just so different than mine, but I feel like it's working for you. And it just, and I partially want some of how you go about it if that makes sense you can have as much as you like i don't know i don't know if i would trade yours for mine no because i think what i'm getting at kind of like we talked about default um you know i'm organized but i kind of overthink things and i plan everything out and it's kind of it's kind of stressful it's pretty stressful i'm not gonna lie i and i don't i don't know how stressful you are but i from what i see you don't see that stressful man i i try to control the stress yes i i wouldn't characterize my life as super stressful now but that's cool because you're obviously doing things that are laying those bricks right you're hitting mm-hmm. i mean you just got that video who got how many i mean, how many views i got it's the biggest thing i've ever done we got probably when it was all said and done, almost hundred thousand views. That yeah. is ridiculous. Which is which is kind of nuts. Yeah. You have to think about think about how many like individual people that is. You know what I'm saying? Like eyeballs. Like just that's a lot. It's the biggest people. thing I've ever done, man. I like I over so my New Year's resolution this year was to make fifty people laugh a day, and uh, I'll play the law of averages. If like you know maybe some days you get a sixty, some days you get a forty. That's okay. So just. By like April, I overshot my quota by like nine days. So, so I get to take the rest of the year off. No, um, how no, you, it was big, man. Was how are you planning on going about that? Fifty laughs a day. I just just through various media, podcasts, yeah, yeah. memes, stand up comedy, making commercials like that, short videos, that kind of stuff. When it comes to all this creative stuff, do you ever do you feel self imposed pressure, or are you just kind of like it's fun for me? You see, what I'm saying kind of self imposed pressure. So, if you want me to wrap it a little bit more, like yeah. um, when I was doing the blog, it's like a, bl- a post a week, right? And instead of me just like enjoying it, like this is fun, I get to make write an article. It comes it, to be like this. Thing then it you becomes about. yeah, because yeah. and that's when you put too much structure. That's exactly what happens. It becomes a chore instead of a fun thing, right? You know, instead of enjoying the journey and the process, you start to like kind of resent it, and it becomes a chore, and that's not cool. No, I hear. It. I mean, a good friend of mine was just telling me about. I mean, she's uh, she's a Victory Bell, which is basically a, a singer dancer for the World War II Museum. And it's obviously it's what she loves to do, and 
she's starting to get the approach where it's like, they say do what you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life, but if you're kind of, you, you can lose sight of it so quickly. It's like, wait a minute, sit back, look at what I'm doing. Like, I'm making movies. This is the best job in the whole world. Like, of course you get caught up in all the logistics and all the, you know, people will back out and just little things because you care. I mean, it's like having anxiety when you go out before you give a public speech. That's good. Use that because it means, look, I like what I'm doing and I'm nervous and I want it to go well. So, yeah, for sure, dude. You get, I mean, an independent film set is like the worst place ever. <laughs> but I will say for that Chubby's commercial, just developing the choreography, doing the shoot, and I guess I'm getting a little better at the whole production thing just with each one. God, that was not work at all. That was really? so fun. Dude, come on. We just danced in a beautiful room all day. And, oh, no, it was great. Um, but, again, it's like you're like, oh, Max, you're successful and stuff. And I just I don't think myself as that successful. I, th- I like to think I'm on the way to get there and whatnot, but I guess time will tell. Yeah, I think that's what I'm, I see you on your trajectory, you know. And I'm I glad see- somebody does. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Like, it's funny seeing somebody else's, somebody else's life from a third-person point of view because when you are – when you're analyzing yourself, you just don't appreciate where you've been and where True. you are now. But you're when you see critic. somebody else, you see their journey and then I can look at you and be like, dang, dude, like I saw he did this and then this and that's so cool. But you might be to yourself just like, oh, like – You're so locked into yeah, the narrow dude. scope, right? You're not looking at the breadth. Yeah. Exactly. It's good to zoom out, man. Like you said, look at the earth from a grand scope. It's really important to zoom out every once in a while, for sure. It's something I've been trying to do more, man, is zooming out just on my life in general and seeing where I am. It's just like when you do that, I mean, I think both of us can agree, pretty blessed. There's a lot of just oh great things. And when you put it in that in that context, it's it's hard. It if you do that frequently enough, it can it'll be hard to like really stress out because it's yeah. like, dude, you know what? Things are going where they need to go. That's the combat against the whole nihilistic thing, right? You, I was just writing about the state. You can sit back and just appreciate so much of your existence right now to the point where you're going to say, okay, okay, I'm okay. There's, did you ever read the, Napo- the Napoleon Hill book I told you about, Massacre to Riches? I told I you about read, it the last one. Yeah, I didn't read Massacre to Riches, read the other one, but You'd never love got it. to that. That guy says every night before you go to bed, you should be saying, he calls them like the 12 princes or something. And it's just it's like 12 categories of life that you can pretty easily find are probably pretty sick about your life. And I mean, just come on. Gratefulness, gratitude. The first one, how about having full control of your bowels? There's some people that, that have bags stapled to their stomach and they can't and they just take random shits out their belly button every once in a while. That's a pretty awesome thing to be thankful for. How about the gift of sight? People who just get all depressed and mean and angry, it's, dude, look around. There's there's music. Music is a thing. How are you going to say there's no objective good when when you feel that emotion, when Drake comes on the radio and you rip your shirt off and you start getting bonk and just, it's like, come on. There's so much fun and yes-itude to get, you know? It's good that you're putting time in that, man. You would be surprised. People don't think about that. You get just like you're saying. You get kind of so tunnel visioned in. Oh man, I see so many people just in their day. Every day is just like it's just that same thing over and over again. They don't ever zoom out. Mm-hmm. I think um, kind of something I've been writing about every now and then, man, is that self awareness of just like 
it's just very interesting. They're just people who just they're just not self aware. They're just so in to their daily lives that they just right. never can take oh, yeah, a like, step. This is normal. Back. This is what it's supposed to be. Try moving to Australia, jumping on the other side of the whole universe, yeah, and seeing insane. like just looking at our whole country from from the outside. It's like, whoa, people, what are we doing? Like, we're doing what we're doing, but can we at least acknowledge what we're doing? You know what I mean? What do you mean? No, I guess just the whole rat race and the whole I'm in my routines and and America's the greatest country in the world. This is the only way to do stuff. <laughs> and I mean, not to overgeneralize and whatnot, but. It's just you can get so easily caught in your routine that you think, oh, that's what everything is and that's the way this is going to go. And it was just a super eye-opening experience to be able to see how everyone views the U.S. from from an international standpoint. There's a really funny parable. I'm going to butcher it, but it's like there's some Mexican fisher. Um, Yeah, here we go. He's pumped. He's like fishing, you know, in the Gulf somewhere and this Harvard business grad wearing a suit. You know, comes up and he's like, hey, what are you doing? They strike up a conversation. The man says, oh, I'm fishing. And the Harvard business guy goes, oh, well, if you do this and you invest in this certain type of fishing wire, you can catch twice as many fish. Then you can hire people, get more boats. You can reel in more and more fish. And eventually you have this whole conglomeration. And in 30 years, you, you'll be you'll be set. You don't have to do anything. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Like, I just catch as much fish as I need to for dinner. I go home to my family, have a sick time, and I do the same thing the next day. And it's just this whole hyper-productivity and efficiency. And it's, I mean, it's great, I guess. It's what made our country where it is right now, for for better or for worse, you could say. But it's just interesting to learn that there's multiple ways to, to approach life. I mean, there are people right now in Australia sleeping in a van just driving around surfing every day and there's people working in one shell square you know surveying million dollar boating accidents yeah it's like it's cool to get the the breadth of existence is that one of the reasons you went to australia honestly just to kind of get that other dude just hit the the as far away as you can get and just see what the hell's going on somewhere else like, I, I, I visited a bunch of different places, but I'd never lived there. So I really wanted to just live. And, dude, Australia just has a different vibe. And not to be like, it's a vibe, but it is. It's, it's, there's this whole pervasive, just chilled out, laissez-faire, easygoingness to the whole country. Play, playboy uh, lifestyle? <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's just cool to... To learn that there are totally different ways to do things. Maybe the narrative that you learned in your city from your parents, that's just one side of the billion-faced coin, you know? Do you think that you took any of that vibe from Australia? Do you think you kind of have it with you still? Like, you know, or is it like you see it and you leave and you're immensely back in here? Or is there a way to kind of hang on to that and incorporate it into your life now? I want to say... I was attracted probably by forces I wasn't even aware of to go there just because of who I am. And of of course I'm going to have to keep – I'm just – I refuse not to keep that – I mean no worries. That's what they say, no worries, right? They – instead of saying you're welcome, they say, oh, no worries. Instead of saying – that, that replaces a lot of their vernacular. And it's just – that's probably the perfect – the perfect thi- – the, euphemism, whatever you want to call it, to just describe their whole swag. Am I keeping that moving back here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pretty chilled out guy. 
And again, I'm just so... I had convinced myself before I left that I had the greatest life in the world. And that kind of guilts me out. Guilts me. Like, I, I have a lot of, like, anxiety about that. It's like, look at this guy. This dude's got to bust his ass every day doing this job he hates. And I get to be over here, the guy, just cooking up funny stuff all day. It's why do I deserve that? And it's almost kind of a waste of time being guilty about it, I suppose. But I don't remember where I was. I think I th- to some degree, well, initially I asked you if you kept that vibe kind of coming back over here. And I think you did. I, th- I mean, you're sitting here wearing a watermelon T-shirt right now, man. <laughs> I'm got, you know, like, that's so but cool. This is my dad's from, like, 40 years ago. Is it really? Yeah. Dude, this is a sidebar. I had this idea with one of, our bu- with one of my buddies. We call it your dad's closet. It's a, it's a, it's a, dude, it's a clothing company because, dude, your dad, if you go in your dad's closet. Dad swag is the best. They're going to do some good stuff. I used to have, ah, oh, man, I still have it. It's called, it's a tank top, like a loose fitting tank top, right? Like, it's not like right up on you, kind of hangs down a little bit and it's, it says Big Daddy on it. And it's, I, it was my dad's, dude. It was from my dad. And I've, I've met multiple people who have just sweet swag from their dad's closets. Dude. All my dopest shirts are from my dad. Like, I, I don't spend money on clothes basically at all. Just because there's so much cool shit I steal from my friends and from my dad and like, <laughs> my brother and my mom. Like, I wear my mom's shorts a lot. She's got, she's got great shorts. Um, I love that idea. No, because, and I mean, people make fun of me all the time because I'm wearing a shirt that's obviously from four decades ago, right? But I just, it's just, I like to add swag. I'm probably going to dress the same exact way for the rest of my life. I hope you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, blessings. Uh, Have you ever, like, you've definitely moved around to different countries, huh? I mean, what's what's your travel swag looking like? Um, I've really, I've only been out of the country once. I went to Cabo with my family. Cabo doesn't count. I know. I mean, it was a blast. It was a blast. Of course. But definitely not the same thing um, as Hmm. getting out. So I've never actually, I mean, that's out the country, sure. But besides that. That's almost not. It's close. It's 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 literally like you took a step out of California. Right. I mean. But even you know. Anyways, um, do you have any places you want to go anywhere? Australia, New Zealand. Interested, dude? New Zealand. I could not recommend enough. That's oh, right. You went God. there for a little bit, huh? I allowed myself five days to go to New Zealand, and holy gosh, was it tight? Definitely go. The most beautiful country I've ever seen. Different vibes in Australia. Hmm. I was kind of. Doing a lot of the touristy stuff, so I don't know if I can give full read. I did stay with a guy. Um, he played soccer with Mullins, so he had come to visit New Orleans. So I kind of met him, and when I was over there, another one of my friends was was going through, and this guy lived there. So it was like I have no excuse not to hit up. He's like the all the um, the ducks were in a row for me to just go to this dope ass country. I was waiting for an excuse, so I stayed with him, and. Uh, I don't know. New Zealanders like to, to think they're, like, badass and talk smack about Australians. I don't see any kind of crazy difference. It's, it's just, and I can't speak for all of Australia, but New Zealand is just so insanely physically, naturally beautiful. It's unbelievable. Dude, the Milford Sound, a lot of people call it the eighth wonder of the world. We took a bus tour, and this is where they filmed a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff. Mm. So I'm driving past Rohan. Take a right turn at Mordor. The, the mountain range is called the Remarkables, where they where that was Mordor. It was beautiful, giant snow-capped mountains in the distance. I'm going, I'm driving through this canyon, hundreds of waterfalls coming down from these, like, misty mountains. 
into this giant valley, just miles you can see. Just the elevation difference are crazy. We took a boat out on the water. Dolphins started jumping in and out of the freaking water underneath giant rainbows <laughs> in this glacial lake. It, it's 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 unbelievable. The South Island of New Zealand. I got to go back. I have to go back because I just want to live there for like a month. I just want to soak up there for a month. If I didn't see your Snapchats like and see this, I would think you're making this up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought I was, my jaw was like, I was like, oh okay, a fucking hundred waterfall rainbow. It, it was it was like a fairy tale. It was it was unbelievable. It's really you have to see it for yourself because it was stupid. New Zealand, I think on my list, New Zealand's first, then Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't really think. I mean, I don't really know why, except for I just. Played rugby for so long. And oh, yeah. New Zealand was huge in rugby. So was Australia, honestly. But Yeah, I went to a rugby something. match. It was cool. Did you really? Yeah. In yeah. Australia? Mm-hmm. Oh, in Sydney. That's sick, it was dude. Badass. I just, think it's, I just think their lifestyle, I just think it's, I think it all comes down to what we're talking about is just the lifestyle. What's the lifestyle you want to live? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can totally do one where you're just every day, like, grinding it out. And, like, I think you need hard work to a degree. But there, I think there's a lifestyle that we can create, man, where, you do what you need to do to provide for yourself and your family and maybe, like, just a little bit more to be comfortable. But That's the American there. What? Just a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got to be careful with that, right? Excess and more. That's what everyone over there makes fun of us for. Okay. Everything's big. Everything's, like, you do you do more, just muchitude. That's what they all, whenever I would kind of talk about things like that, they would always be like, oh, American. Because I lived with a bunch of international people. Right, right, which is probably pretty cool. Super cool. I was living... When I moved into my place, there were 11 total roommates, from all from different countries. Huh. Chile, Italy, Sweden, South Korea, Japan, UK. Like, it was an amalgamation. Did you get to be with any Australian natives, though? Unfortunately, less than I would have, would have okay. hoped for. Um, because Sydney is such a global city that you... Like, I was in the expats scene... But, I mean, there's just so many funny episodes. I mean, like, when I get my, my hair cut, there's this just hilariously babe, uh, Australian girl, just giving me all the sass. Uh, I went, I actually went out for, like, the first time in my whole life, I just went out by myself. Because it was Saturday night, it was like my second or third week there. And I was like, come on, guys. And none of my roommates wanted to go because they had been there for a while. I was like, all right, I'm just, you know what, I'm doing it, I'm going, whatever. So I would walk out and... I mean, I don't know about you, but I just sometimes feel anxiety if I'm by myself at the bar for, like, a minute. It's like, okay, like, I should pull up my phone, or, like, what am I doing? Like, you got to be engaged. Or it's like, I look like the guy just standing there, right? <laughs> and so, so it's like, and you, if you're, you practice, you know, certain exercises, you can realize, okay, that's a lot of wasted energy. Maybe Nirvana is being completely content in the present moment, right? So chill out. Heaven's right there. It's on, it's a knock away. Just freaking chill out, right? Stop being so fucking crazy and just enjoy what, what's going on right now. So uh, I walked around. I ended up at this bar, and I'm sitting talking to the bartender because who else do you talk to, right? And he was telling me about how there was absolutely no acting work to be had. So I was like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. He's <laughs> like, oh, why would you move here? There's nothing here. It's like, dude, Fox Studios is like right around the corner. Anyway, um, I'm talking to this guy, and the most typically classic Australian dude like grabs me on the shoulder he's wearing a cowboy hat he's got a great tan like tattoos everyone in Australia has tattoos it's, it's pretty badass starts rubbing my shoulders and I'm in like a pretty 
super gay part of town, I realized. Um, I didn't realize until after I moved there, but it's like Oxford Street. It's just this famous strip of just a bunch of gay bars and gay dudes and gay shops and God bless them, you know? But it's... So I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to need to... Need to fight <laughs> wrestling skills. <laughs> but then this gorgeous goddess comes up and it's his girlfriend. Turns out this dude's just friendly as all hell. Just give me a shoulder rub. I don't know. It's like, hey, come on over here with us. Get over here, Mike. He was with his whole cricket team and they had this annual uh, match against another cricket team. So there's like 20 Australian dudes chilling in the corner. He brings me over, introduces me to everyone. Like, oh, he's from New Orleans. It's another cool thing. Everyone loves New Orleans in the whole world. No, it's true. Everybody loves them it's all, true. which is super fun. And, I mean, they all just took me in, called me a good con, and taught me, like, fun little things. And they're just, ah, they're so, it was such a refreshingly welcoming thing. And I just feel like that would be tough to find over stateside over here. I mean, That, first off, that needs to go in the book. Because that is yeah. so sick, dude. <laughs> that is so sick. I think I, I think I, yeah, I have to mention it. Because it, it was just so exemplative, is that a word? Epidemic. It was a good example of just Australian hospitality. So you didn't know that guy. He just and they just took you in. No, uh, but that's that's the type of thing that you never would have had if you had gone out with a group. Exactly. And this was another cool thing about traveling in Australia by myself because I went backpacking through Southeast Asia for two months with three of my closest friends. And yeah, we met a couple of people, but I could have just hung with those dudes every single night for the whole time. But being by yourself, it's like. Okay, I'm either going to stand here and talk to nobody or I'm going to go out and make friends. So that was a really cool dimension to it. Um, but, like, what what, what made him, like, grab me? Because I was talking to someone else and he interrupts me, smacks me around a little bit, <laughs> loves me. Maybe I said something tight. I don't know. Sometimes I say sick things. And he just brings me and introduces me to all his friends. And they're, they're talking about how much they, they've been to New Orleans. They love New Orleans. Teaching me all this stuff. It, it was so... It was great, man. It was so cool. What an experience. Oh, dude. You can't top that. That's so cool. When we were in uh, in Cabo with my family, one of the nights, they there was like the people at the resort who like kind of worked the resort were like, hey, we're taking people out for a pub crawl tonight. Um, and so I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. My sister was like kind of interested too. And so we were like, let's go do it. So we kind of signed up for the pub crawl, right? Just people mm-hmm. from the resort. And last minute, my sister kind of gets sick and, and bails. Oh, boy. But I'm like, whatever. I'm going. So same thing, similar, yeah. just out by myself with this random group of people. Um, oh, dude, so much fun though, right? You right? just meet the You're crew. You do stuff that you just never, you wouldn't have even thought was on the menu. It was super cool. And there was a couple times where I feel that same thing, oh, I'm by myself, what do I do? I, but for some reason, I was just cool with it. I mm-hmm. actually went up to like kind of like a high spot I could find and just kind of posted up on like this like railing and just kind of just... Watch. Just take it in. Just took it in. That's all you even have to do. Yeah. You don't have to talk to anyone. If you're just looking, just dynamics. Dude, one of the coolest classes I took at LSU was nonverbal communication. And that taught me so much about, I mean, it's something like 75% of communication is nonverbal. So that means you can watch, and three out of four conversations you watch, you know what they're talking about. Just based on what they're doing with their body, how often are they touching their face, how are they oriented. Like, oh, it's super interesting. And again, yeah, it's like there's just so much cool data coming in. If you just like, oh, here I am. This is me. And everyone else is doing the same thing you are, worrying about how they look and all the shit, right? Oh, like I haven't drank my sip in a while. Like <laughs> it's it's just just relax. Yeah, maybe I have taken a lot of the Australian culture. Uh, 
That's cool, dude. Yeah, Soak it in. Not a lot of people, not everybody gets to do that. Again, I I cried in my mother and two fake sisters' arms the last night I was here because it's like I just felt so lucky and so grateful. And because, I mean, only a crazy person, which I certainly am, would have left New Orleans after everything that it's given me and just all the people I know and all the support I have and all the just hilarious, loving characters in my life that I get to see. But it's like, you gotta go on adventures, right? You gotta explore the unknown. You gotta grow. You gotta just see what the heck's going on out there. <laughs> you can't just stay uh, in the valley. You gotta go on top of the mountain. It's an interesting school of thought. Um, the feminine energy, your mother in your life is supposed to She's your valley, and she's supposed to teach you that you're special and love you and, and give you all the nurture and support and just let you grow into the best like possible thing you can be. And then the masculine, the father, is the guy who's supposed to take you up onto the mountain and show you that there are other valleys, right? Because when you're in the valley, it's just you. Oh, this is my whole world. This is my safety. This is my comfort. But your dad or the masculine energy in your life is supposed to kind of bring you through the wilderness, right, through the fight up the up the rocky terrain and show you the expansiveness of the world and then you gotta go find your own new valley dang I think that's actually an Australian uh, philosophy that's something you learned over there no it's something I learned from an Australian guy before I moved to Australia he's like one thing you need to know before you go here's the masculine and feminine dualism (laughs) they're gonna ask you that (laughs) to test you yeah like to like sign on your visa like once you're getting in there right oh blessings all right, you got to tell me a little bit about this book. If you, if you well, know. so this is basically what I'm doing. I'm, I'm writing the book about – because I don't know. I just like to write, and I, I like writing like funny things. Every once in a while, I'll drop like a kind of goofy little thing on Facebook. People seem to respond. So it's like, okay, why don't I just write a bunch of – like a long goofy thing, right? So – and again, I, I have – I guess no – I mean Jesuit – is incredible writing training, but I mean, I've never written a book or anything before, but I just seem to have this kind of mysterious trip, this excursion to the unknown as a piece of content. So it's like, all right, we'll just start here. Let's just use this. And uh, it's just been really fun. And so I'm kind of, I've been spending, and I was, I was trying to log my travels as I was going and whatnot, but for the past week or so, I've been really just kind of firing out, all right, everything that happened and just trying to pick out the little nuggets, little gems, funny stories and that kind of stuff. Most of what I said today will probably go in there. Um, and then just another thing I like to do, I, I like to be a little philosophical, you know? I like to ask the big questions and that kind of stuff. So I kind of, every once in a while, just go off on tangents about... <laughs> Like sex and economics and philosophy and politics, that kind of stuff. So just kind of – it's it's kind of a, a chronological detail of, of my adventure peppered in with kind of just big talk on big topics. Dang. Hopefully in a, a charming and easy-to-read voice, but we'll see. Make you laugh and make you think. Whoa. My man's paying attention. Do you want another drink? Yeah. I love that. Um, I think that's really cool. I yeah. think that something so you know I've been I've been blogging I think people for people love it. Well, so what I was gonna get at is, first off, people are definitely gonna love it. <laughs> and you let me know if you need any help 
blowing oh, it up. Oh, for sure. So what I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I need to find uh, a guy to do my foreword. And your name, actually, I wrote down in the list of, of people that might be able to write just like a That's good, so funny, the foreword. Yeah. That's so cute. Because you got to have like a sick foreword. Right. For, like talking about how awesome you are in the book is, right? So uh, your name, actually, I'll show I you think the list. You, that's so funny. Yeah, you can get like a goofy friend, maybe like. I, I think a couple people come to mind and when you say that who who know you really well and can like kind of you know right like quits all that's right. exactly what I thought yeah about. yeah blossom uh, when do you think you'll go to New Zealand or Australia when do you think you'll probably quit the job I, I, just, I don't mean to be blowing you up about that I just swear I remember last time we were talking with Jake you were like yeah I'm doing this job because it pays a lot and you're like oh it's not a good reason right? yeah well you know I don't have any set plans. There's no set plans right now. Um, it's really just feeling it out, man. I'm doing the job. I'm really enjoying the job. I'm extremely grateful for it, and I'm learning a lot, and the people I'm with are so cool. Is it what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I don't know. You know. And so I just think that it would be unfair to me to just accept that that's what I'm going to do forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, I, what I need to do is enjoy it, use it. But also explore on the side, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm exploring different avenues. I'm doing the one brick a day. I'm doing a couple other cool things. I did want to ask you about the one brick a day. How, how's the brick laying going? Brick laying is going good, man. You're, so you're, you're writing blogs. You're working on your own book, right? I'm not working on a book yet. But you um, just want to be. Well, dude, so kind of what you're saying and what I was going to get in is writing, just writing your thoughts down is so cool. And It's, it's for, the only way to play, man. It's the only way to truly articulate. Because there's so much chaos jumping around, bouncing around. you got to lock it in on paper and be like, oh... Oh, and you can just make everything fit so much better and sound so much better. You can find just you. Ah, oh, there's just so many like good things about just writing. Even if you never want the public to see it, dude, just jotting right. stuff down gets it out of your head. It allows you to kind of connect thoughts that you never like. Oh, look at that! Uh-huh. It, it um it allows you just to lock down memories. You right? Know, Emily like, Dickinson never meant to publish any of her poems. Somebody found those after she died. I did not know. Which that. is kind of kind of messed up. Right, because she that she didn't want it to be out there. I mean, you could we could get into art philosophy if you want. I'm sure you don't, but just kind of art is only art if you have an audience. Kind of at its very core. So, like doodles in your sketchbook that you never mean to show anyone aren't really art because art is something you create and exhibit. Uh, and so Emily Dickinson never wanted to to show anyone that, but she was still getting all that out of her head, and it's it's like some of the world's most famous poetry. It's so important to write down. I think it is, man. Just getting it out of your head, putting it on paper. So what I was first getting at is it's cool because you're locking down these memories from Australia, right? Because, I mean, dude, in five years, it's going to be hard to kind of remember all these things. Yeah, that's why I'm rushing to get this first draft up because while it's all fresh. Absolutely. And so I've just been – one brick a day started at the beginning as just a project because I was in school doing petroleum engineering. And I was like, you know what? This is cool, but I want to just make sure – I want to – Get my toes in some other things. I want to learn some skills. So the first one was like, I think writing is pretty powerful. Duh, right? All these amazing leaders. Name one have that wasn't inf- a strong Have influenced millions of people just from writing. So I was like, you know what? I don't really know where it's going to lead. Let me just start trying to write. And if anything, it'll help me um, be able to organize thoughts better in a more cohesive manner, that type of thing. I told so- you this before the podcast, but I just want to reiterate. You inspired me with your message of just, just start. Just do. Go. Action. Take action. Ready? Go. Maybe you don't have the full freaking plan yet. You should have a little bit of a rough rough draft idea of where you're headed. But just go. Just start. Go, 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 go. Now. Today. Boom. That's what we're doing, man. We're we're freaking... You just gotta lay the damn brick. Right? Let me just... I'm just gonna get into this now. Do it, baby. I'm getting jacked up. (laughs) (laughs) 
He started doing push-ups. He's always on number 50 right now. Okay. The way I look at it, there's two different types of people. I mean, in general, there's a spectrum of people, right? Okay. On one end of the spectrum, you have the naturally ambitious people who are ready to just get after it. On the other end of the spectrum, you have the naturally lazy people who just, like, need to be prodded to do anything. That's a big generalization, and there's people all along the spectrum. I'll take that. But what I'm going to say is when you take that ambitious person, um, they their downfall is that they're go, go, go. They want to do this. They want to be successful. But they stress themselves out. They overthink it. They you know they start getting down on themselves, and they have no patience. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they think it's got to be now. I'm not successful now. What's going on? What's wrong with me? And it's just this downward cycle. Okay? So that person needs this one brick a day mindset because they need to realize that this journey is not going to be quick. Right? It's going to take time. So just lay – just stop trying to think you got to do 10 things in a day. Mm-hmm. Realize if you do one thing today that is a little bit that's going to push you forward and then you do one thing tomorrow, it's going to compound over time. Dude, I, so, I tell people this all the time. It's like, oh, I suck at chess. Like I'll never be good at chess. It's like, dude, if you play one hour of chess a day for the next 10 years, you're going to be a savage. Like you're going to be a, a machine. Like – Chill. One break a day. That's so... So, so on that end, to test that, actually, that's kind of... I'm not saying I'm all the way on that end, but that's kind of the spectrum, the end that I'm, I feel like I lay on. Right? I would, I would <laughs> agree with that. So to kind Assessment. of test, to test that, um, part of my writing, there's a website called Quora. You ever heard of Quora? Yes. Yeah. Quora, it's like um, people ask questions. You can get on there and answer the questions, and the best answers get upvoted kind of to the top, kind of like a Reddit type thing. Mm-hmm. But people tend to use it like longer answers kind of like even like a blog posty type thing dude i made a commitment every day 66 days write one answer 66 66 Why? um something from a book i read the one thing and i printed a count they have like a six, calendar six, 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 six. <laughs> they have a calendar where you print it out it's this they call it the seinfeld principle i don't know if it's just folklore uh-huh. but seinfeld apparently you know how it goes is that his whole thing was like he put a calendar on the wall every day you have to write one joke and hmm. you put an x when you write the joke on the wall, and your whole goal is to just keep keep that string of X's going. Just don't break that string. Hmm. So I took this thing, theory. Can I jump? Apparently Seinfeld tested awfully. Seinfeld and The Office did terrible in their test audiences, and they go on to be like the most successful TV comedies of all time. I just thought it was really interesting. No, that is very interesting. Continue. They probably kept, kept working at it, you know? And well, No, I think it was like finished product tested well because it was just ahead of its time. It was unconventional. Which I just thought was crazy because you would imagine Seinfeld. I mean, David, what's his name? Uh, Larry David's got to be the richest dude in entertainment business. Tested poorly in his in his opening, right? That's good though. That's good for us, right? Because it's like because we test poorly. No, it's just because <laughs> it shows that you're not going to necessarily nail it immediately, right? Right. Um, anyway, so just to wrap this little thing up, I started writing every day on Quora just to see this kind of one brick a day principle, dude. By day. 50, I had a million views. By day 66, I had 3 point something million views um, of people. And now it's not on my, it's not on One Brick a Day's website. It's on Quora, where they already have an audience, uh, you know, of people on the site, which is, right. which is, but anyway, it just proved it. I just did one a day, mm-hmm. right? So that's the one end of the spectrum is you're ambitious and you just need to realize, take a step back. If you just do one thing today, you're making progress, mm-hmm. right? Now, it's not saying you can only do one thing, but that's the mindset. Basically saying, Relax. Do a little bit of something, and you're going to be good. Right. I, I keep it no, up to do you. It, Sorry, dude. but you just get me fired up on so many different things. Uh, I always land on this. You, let's say you're having 
a really great day and you're kicking ass and you're really pumped, what's the best next move to make? A positive step forward towards your goal. Let's say you're having a really shitty day and you're just, oh, you're down on your luck and everything sucks and didn't work out today. What's the next best step to take? A positive step towards your goal. Like it's always like you can say, oh, the past and all this shit or you can just go, all right, here I am right now. What's next? Up. Here we go. Go. First thing. And it's kind of funny because even if whatever the thing is, even if it's bad, you kind of still feel like, you know what? I still did it, so I feel good. Like, even with me, like, some days it's like, wow. As soon as I hit submit, I'm like, this sucks. Really? Yeah, totally. And sometimes people like it, and sometimes it totally does suck. But it doesn't matter because I'm like, cool. Like, I did it, though. I still did it. I still sat down in the chair. I still spent an hour typing. I don't care how good it does, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I did it. Discipline, man. It's kind of what it is. kind of that discipline thing, right? I checked into your Snapchats when you were on your that discipline phase. Um, yeah, it, it's like the break the chain method, right? It's so good. It really helps, uh, like, addicts and stuff. It's like, because the momentum of, let's say you're trying to quit... I don't know why I jumped to this, but masturbating, right? Let's say or you're trying to ease up on it and you're like, all right. It's so much easier to, with each day that you don't do it, if you have seven days behind you, it's like, oh, well, I haven't done seven days. All right, I'm going to stop. If you have one day behind you, it's like, all right, whatever. Like, But the, the more days you have, the more momentum you have. You're not going to break the chain. It's like the Seinfeld It's thing. definitely a momentum thing. It's a momentum mm-hmm. thing. And something I've realized is it's something I'm trying to still work out is how do you help people who, who mess up, right? And I mess up too. I'm not going to say I don't, but I can see. So it's funny because I was doing this and I was posting about it and I had people hitting me up trying it too. But then like they would like miss a day or two and then like they're dejected and like they like kind of quit. Spirals out of And I'm kind of like, oh, like I never kind of really – I don't know, because as soon as I started, I committed to it in my mind. I'm going to do this. It doesn't yeah. matter, right? Like, I never – dude, I got a dental surgery, and I still wrote later in that day. You know what I'm saying? But not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I just committed to it. Yeah. So I never, I never like, took the other side of, like, oh, well, what if something happens and you miss a day or two days and you kind of fall off? And so that's something I'm trying to kind of rework. How do you keep people – how do you get them back on the, tr- you know, back on the path? Yeah, that's a great question. Huh? Right. What did you say to people who were like, I missed a day? I just, um, well, I kind of just, I just, it's kind of what you said, right? Okay, start tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, the, the ambitious end of the spectrum. You, you zoom on over now to the other end of the spectrum of the default kind of lazy person who just, you know, they don't really know where they're going. They don't have a plan. They're just kind of floating around. First off, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging you. I don't think I'm any better than you. I just think that. It's just, you know, you're just kind of wired differently, but there's a way to go about it. That person, they look at this whole journey as, like, intimidating. So you take a person who, like, wants to, like, lose a bunch of weight, right? They're like, oh, my God, it's going to take me a thousand workouts to lose, you know, 20 pounds. Like, they, they see the whole thing and it just – They zoom out in a bad way. In a bad way. Get them take, yeah, well. And intimidates them from taking the first step. Yeah. To them, the one brick a day principle still applies because it's like, dude, forget about 999 of those. Just focus on today. Right. What can you do right now? Yeah. Right. And so, literally, the way the way that I got started working out was this is it's like the perfect thing, man. It was just push ups. Literally, I just I started working out with my dad and his friend, and then they kind of stopped, and so I kind of stopped, and then I was on my own, and I just started doing push ups, couple push as many as I could do today. And then as many as I could do the next day, and then the next day. Did you and, get a higher number every single day? Uh, a little bit. I was writing it down, you know? And so not necessarily, but when you but the cool thing is the cool thing is when you first start something, your gains are rapid. Right. Anything. Yeah. 
you start playing chess, dude, the first 10 chess lessons, you're going to feel like you've grown so much from, from day one. Definitely with chess. I feel like with exercise, what, what gets people is they don't see results until like three months. Like if you really, if you really stick with it for three months, you'll see it. But it's like people can go for a whole month and they'll be kind of discouraged by, what do you think about that? I mean, I maybe think they're looking at the wrong... Definitely. Well, some people look at weight, and that's a terrible marker. Right. right? They look. That's what I mean. The that's wrong marker. Markers. Instead of saying how how many push-ups did I get, right. they're saying how do I look? Do I am I a supermodel yet? They're still yeah. They're just they're kind of rushing it. That's the same thing. They're not mm-hmm. just taking today. What can I do today? But like to that person who's sitting there saying like, oh my god, like I w- I would love to have a goal to run like you know a five k, but it just seems so far away. There's too much to do. There's so much work, and I'm, I'm intimidated. I'm like, dude, literally go run to the stop sign and back today. Right. That's it, and yeah. people kind of laugh at that. Like, okay, exposure you're being, therapy is—it's so real. Is that what that's called? Exposure therapy. Uh, loosely, I, I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson. He's a clinical psychologist. We're gonna get into that. And I want to talk to you about the big five personality traits because your spectrum thing—I like it, but I don't think it's like, oh, everything's cool over here and everything's not as cool over here. Everything over here on like the—I want to say conscientiousness is what is the personality trait that you're talking about. It's like. There's pros and cons to both sides. So people who are lazier, like you're saying, are also more spontaneous and more creative or something. It's it's a trade-off, right? So it's like the people who are really industrious and, and organized and everything, of course, they have that going for them, but they can be a little more stubborn. So it's a really interesting way to look at the spectrum where it's not necessarily a plus to a minus. Um, exposure therapy, it's exactly what you're saying. If someone's afraid of parties, right, someone has social anxiety, you don't – maybe it'll work sometimes, but you don't just throw them into the deep end, right? That's not the most calculated, scientifically dope way <laughs> to do it. What you do or what this guy does or what clinical psychologists do is they say, okay, the goal is to just – for this party this weekend, you're going to drive and you're going to walk up to the front door. You don't even have to go in. That's just what we're doing today. And they're like, no, that's crazy. I can't do that. And you're like, all right, fine. We're going we're gonna to walk up to the sidewalk. No, 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 I can't do that. All right, fine. We're just going to drive. We're going to park. And we're going to walk away. Eventually, you're going you're gonna to get them to a point where it's like, all right, I can do that. And once they do that, it's like, all right, now I can go to the sidewalk. Now I can go to the freaking front door. Now I can go in. I'll just introduce myself to two people and leave. And you, you just build increments. One break a day, motherfuckers. Did you trademark that? You better trademark that shit. Yeah, well, I have the LLC. I don't know if I gotta like do anything else. Yeah, I don't know how. But yeah, we can crazy. Definitely talk about that. Workforce. And the funny thing about it is, um, I feel like this this little um, phrase. I just feel like the more I go through my life, the more it applies. Like I didn't even really realize it when I first kind of started one. it. Um, and I don't know what it's gonna become. Right, we're just kind of rolling with it. Um, I actually have two stickers for you, like this. Oh, that fuck I want you can definitely yes, have. Let's go. Um, I think you're totally – that's a great point about the spectrums also having pros and cons. Definitely something that I neglected because on one end, I'm totally – I'm not spontaneous. That's something I definitely lack and I'm mm. trying to work on. So that's that is a good point and I'm definitely willing to accept that. You know, um, I, I didn't even really consider that part. So – and I'm not trying to make this look like if you're on the other side of the spectrum, there's anything wrong with you. Just like you're saying, it's you just, might be more spontaneous, you might be more creative, you might have more ideas. So, I mean, definitely, like, that's a really good way to look at it. Um, I want to get into Jordan Peterson in a second. Laying on me. I'm starting to, to worry because I talk about him so much that it's starting to just be like, I just probably sound kind of culty and weird. 
but god damn it, this guy knows his shit. And yeah. I mean, come on, he is he's tremendously popular. He's got millions and billions of people. He sells out enormous stadiums and I don't know if this makes me sound any better, but <laughs> but no, screw it. The guy's ideas are rock solid. What attracts you to Jordan Peterson though? Like and let me surround that with um is it just the ideas that you like or is there does he, do you feel like he's kind of got a little credibility behind him, so therefore you want to listen to it? If somebody else gave you the same idea, would you listen to it? I see. No, I love that he's been doing clinical psychological research for decades, yeah. studying mythology. You, you can't listen to this guy. There's certain things you just can't say about him. Like, this dude is not under-researched. This dude is not stupid. This guy, just the way he talks is so informed and conscientious and he just makes these parallels and explains things that you already knew but you just never kind of phrase them like that no dude the, the gems that he just kind of drops casually have like just changed my life like this guy's he's so brilliant you know what i think about when i think about him and something that i think is really cool is just for jordan peterson to get to these these places he gets to I imagine that he literally just has to spend a lot of time by himself thinking. thinking. Oh, yeah. He says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, eh? So I, I listen. I tried to think about that for about 20 years. <laughs> He'll say Joe Rogan. I've been pondering on that for, for like 20 years. It's like, oh, my God. No, I love that he's this, like, masculine older guy who's, like, kind of butthurt at everyone. And he's, like, sh- kind of shaking his fist, like, get your act together. Clean up your room. Oh, no, I love him. I absolutely love him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, um, oh man, I don't even know where to go with that. Jordan Pearson gets me jacked up. I think that. Because I remember you, I, I think you, because we talked about him a couple, when did we do the last podcast? It was like six months ago, maybe something like something that. Something like that. I don't think you had heard about him. So you've kind of recently. Jordan Pearson's into him. great. He's great. I took his, I uh, bought one, I bought his online course, man. The future authoring program. Yeah. Uh, Self authoring. It's past, present, future. Dude, how was that? It's cool. It's writing. It's a lot of writing. It's writing. Um, the cool thing, though, is it forces you to pick. Um, you, you do this trait thing, kind of like you're saying. Um, basically, he's going to give you. Let me think about this. Um, at some part of it, he gives you like a like a long list of characteristics, and you got to start picking between them. Mm-hmm. And then what's cool is he forces you to start prioritizing them. You have to put them in order. Right. So, he says like, "Are you this or that?" And it's not necessarily like a. Uh, an easy to answer it's like are you more organized or spontaneous or something like that right to where it's like there's kind of a good and bad side to both and you gotta right. like answer it and so I think he's got two things he's got the personality test which I didn't necessarily do and he's got the self-authoring and I think the personality test is more like what you're saying pick one of the two um, but the, the self-authoring there's little bits like before you start the sessions where he kind of like let's say he gives you 20 like 10 characteristics you gotta pick like you can only pick like five of them, and then he gives you another set, and you pick five. And then by the end of it, you have to start organizing them, your top one to 15. Mm. And so it just forces you to put one over the you're other. Like, yeah, it hurts so bad because you're like, I'm all of these things, you know? <laughs> but it's really good. It's really good. And then he makes you write on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea of – and I told myself when I moved to Australia I was going to do the, the past, present, future authoring. The idea of – chronicling your life so far into major episodes is so important i think it's i'm a dick but it's more important for people who are maybe a little more emotionally unstable and unhappy because if you are emotionally unstable and unhappy right now it's because of something that's happened to you in the past 
probably something that you're suppressing and, and trying to run away from. But by forcing yourself to kind of map out every single big moan of your life, you can process it. And you, like we were saying, the only way to really articulate your thoughts is to write them down, speak them aloud. That's why I love doing this podcast, right? It's like, I don't know what I'm all about when I'm thinking, but when I say it, it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes a little more sense. And you can work through it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, people get like a lot of flack for saying something dumb, but it's like, this is me just thinking aloud. I'm just trying to process all the... The freaking electromagnetism is <laughs> blasting around my cerebrum, right? No, I think he, he said something. It's like if you still have an emotional reaction to something that happened more than a certain time period, maybe like two months ago, it's because you haven't pieced it together and understood the chain of events that caused it to happen, which I thought was pretty cool. Because there's some, there's some memories I have where I'm like, I'll still get like tense about it and I'll have like a little mini reaction to it and it's like... It's not healthy to be holding on to that kind of energy. You, you need to you need to chronicle it and say, okay, what happened? What was the context? Why did this happen? Okay, I can get over this. Whatever. On to the next thing. The course is cool because first off, it's not expensive. Like, it's like thirty bucks. You, you, but that's like it's so funny. Like people like there's other courses online. It's like two hundred bucks. It's like dude, Jordan Peterson. He knows what's up, man. He's got something good and he's gonna give it to you for thirty bucks. Come he's, on, thirty bucks to try to improve yourself. And so. Um, he kind of makes you work through situations in your life. Kind, of, I'm pretty sure it's literally like, how, kind of, what was the situation, um, and how could you have changed it, or mm-hmm. how can it, how can like you know before and after type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool. It's just so simple, but it forces you to write. Um, so I definitely would recommend it. Oh man, I you he was it? in Sydney while I was there, and I didn't know. I was furious because have you seen him live or anything no. yet? I gotta go see What does he do live? He just talks just does so a I've lecture? seen a couple yeah, he basically just does lectures. I mean he's a college professor and he oh He makes God. lectures cool. Because you know, like you think of lectures like oh it's so boring. Dude, he'll he'll go out on stage, people will applaud for like ten minutes. They won't like let him start talking about like ever. And and he's just so genuine and thoughtful and just intense and and he just cares. I was listening to one podcast. This was like a letter he wrote to young people or something. Did he just try to make the world a better place? I have freaking respect. It was like to young people on how to change the world. And he he's he wrote this thing down and he was reading it for the podcast. Dude just starts breaking down crying because he's talking about some genocide somewhere or something. It's like this dude has just gone through some shit and he cares that much then he just starts crying on his own podcast. You don't cry on your own podcast. You want to sound as cool as you fucking can. And you never know, man. <laughs> oh, cool guy. I just think, to kind of think about him thinking, dude, I just think it's so cool because it's just that, I just picture like, you know, he's sitting in the room smoking his pipe or his cigar, just like pondering. And you know, actually, this, is, this brings up something cool because something that I think people struggle with, one thing that causes a lot of stress is... Not letting yourself finish a thought. Hmm. We have so many thoughts every day and they're floating around, but then you're just bombarded with the next thing on the to-do list, the iPhone, social media, this, that, boom, boom, boom. We already, you know, we dug into the iPhone last time. You remember that? Dude, um, I'll never forget. You told me the average person checks their phone once every 14 seconds. It was like, it wasn't 14, it was a little bit longer than that, but not much. Once like a, a ridiculous It 14 minutes, maybe. It was something that it was like, this is, can't be good. Yeah. And Joe Rogan actually said something recently. He was like, if there was a drug that made you, when you took it, it made you just like look at your hand like every like (laughs) couple minutes, 
like that would be a people would like that'd be a big deal, right? Yeah. But since it's like a phone, nobody says anything. Anyway, nobody finishes thoughts, right? So you're just like to not let you finish that thought. Apparently, <laughs> the we love it so much. I mean, there's probably a myriad of reasons, but it's dopamine because it's sun. We think it's the sun. Like biologically, we're getting. We think we're getting vitamin D. And I mean, come on. You don't have to convince a human that it's good. To, the sun is good. It's another reason why I think there is, there is objective good. I think the sun is objectively fucking on team yes. Whole another philosophical conversation we can I'm get to. I'm ready to go. But, um, yeah, anyway, Joe Rogan. Finishing thoughts. Um, Finishing thoughts. They just, you know, all day long you're swarmed with stuff all up, all going in and... You'll be like kind of thinking about something and then something will happen and you just get cut off. But it's still kind of like a half thought thought, which mm-hmm. is a funny thing to say. Um, but I really feel like as these – it's like – okay, I've heard it like this. It's like you've got 100 tabs open in your mind. Yeah, where did I hear that? Oh, it was a, it was a meme. It was an Instagram meme. But it's yeah. so true. It's like the joke was – I'm going to butcher it and I shouldn't finish the sentence. But it's like my mind is like the internet. I got about 20 tabs open. I'm not sure where the music's coming from. <laughs> It's no, it's so, so what I think is so cool about what he does is he obviously takes a lot of time by himself and JP and and I think that's something I've been trying to do more dude taking a walk by yourself mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Einstein like came up with a lot of his freaking theories from just taking walks dude. same with Terry Crews taking really Terry Crews lo- he says that's when he does his best thing I have a lap um, around my house it's my walk lap right mm. I'll get a tea to get the juices flowing love that and I'll just take a walk more takes, takes about 30 minutes um and do by the time I get – and I kind of – it's like, you know, it's four sides. It's like a re- rectangle. And I know when I get to certain spots, like, I just – my brain is just rolling. But I try <laughs> – now, I don't always accomplish this, but I try to, like, have one thought that I'm going to work on the whole walk. Okay. So like a goal of, for the walk. Sometimes, you know, just let me just go for a walk. Clear mm-hmm. my mind, right? Other times, it's like maybe it's an article I want to write. Maybe it's an idea I just want to explore. Maybe it's like a, some sort of theology thing I'm kind of working on right now. It's just like – I'm going to take this one thing and this whole walk I'm going to devote to just digging in. Give me your pen because I need to write this down for me. Because, like, there's just things I need to, to write. Like, I'm trying to develop a lot of stand-up comedy. So I go and I sit and I get tired and I kind of want to take a nap. Maybe I should just go for a little walk because I write on my thumb. I'm like Drake. I use my thumbs, baby. Huh. Take a walk and here's something interesting. Uh, don't be, like, discouraged if you don't have a major breakthrough on the walk. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is sometimes the walks, I mean, you're just like, your mind's on fire. Other times, it's just kind of like, it's okay. But dude, I swear, when I get done with the walk and I go back in my room, it just starts pouring out. It just starts pouring out. I just pull up the open screen on the laptop and just start spilling. Just Hmm. anything, really. And then I can come sort it out later. And you you have at least two or five gems. Bunch of gems. In that. Dude, Um, that's great. Because, yeah, something I feel kind of constrained by by my, like, desk environment sometimes. It's like... I'll get some some cool shit going, but it's like my bed is right there. Totally, <laughs> like I love a nap. Like we call on, it the cloud. Go. The cloud is right there. Don't go oh, to the cloud. The cloud. Don't go to the cloud. Don't go in there. <laughs> do you do you find yourself physically energized too when you walk? I mean, I want to say that absolutely. reaches back to hunter gatherer, millions of years of evolution of just us being on the move, and now we're in such a static kind of comfortable life. That maybe we can just life hack by getting back to our roots. 
I know uh, it's a little goofy, and I'm not a huge fan, but Ty Lopez is. I've seen him like reading books on a treadmill <laughs> to yeah. try to get the kind of you know you know it's like a walking treadmill. He's not running, but uh-huh. like just just to get that walking motion because I don't know what it does. I'm not a freaking you know scientist or something, but it gets certain chemicals flowing that kind of help you be more creative or connect the dots or just taking in information. There's it something makes to it. sense that you're not really losing anything. I mean when. Was doing low intensity exercise ever a bad idea, right? I mean, come on, we're made to move. We're literally composed of vibrating, shaking electrons, just zipping around at the speed of beef, just like going nuts. It makes sense that, because come on, that's what death is—is is stasis, and life is movement, kind of, right? Absolutely. What do you think about death? Ooh. Hmm. Well, it, would it be odd to say that I've been kind of thinking more about it recently? Not. It would be curious, and I would ask you this follow-up question. Why? Totally. Not literally about wanting to die, but about trying to picture, trying, this is, people are going to really get to know me. Just trying to picture, like, that instant from, like, alive, 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 dead, then what? Just, like, immediately, like... You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, you know, like, you can play GTA, and you're, like, third person, right? And you're watching him. I kind of think like that. Like, I'm third person. I'm going. I'm going. I don't know what the hell happens. Dead. What? Like, just watch that next thing. <laughs> what's the next screen? Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I have... I definitely have some spiritual, th- you know, thoughts on, on what goes down next. But, um, I don't know. You know, the other thing that gets me. I, I'm a... If we're going to go here, I, I'm... Totally Christian, like, but not one of these people who just believes it because their mom believed it and dad believed it. Like, I'm digging in, like, researching. You seem like a proactive guy when it comes to education. I would like to say that I am, man. And I don't want to just believe something because, because I want to, like, let me do my research and pick a side, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the death thing is so interesting because in some ways I can totally, like, get the whole dying and then going somewhere else. But sometimes you just see certain things... That it's just like, ah, man. So, like, I saw a video the other day, and it was just like, it's like this old guy. He's in, like, this lion's habitat. I don't know why the hell he's in there. It's, like, on Instagram, right? It's one of these things you see, and you can't unsee it. He's, like, in there, and he's, like, just chilling, walking around. And then, like, the lion's being all cool. And then all of a sudden, it kind of, like, looks at him, and, like, he starts backing up. And then the lion's not even, like, sprinting, but just kind of, like, a little galloping towards him. And he kind and the guy turns his back oh and kind of starts running and falls. And the lion like grabs him by the back of the neck and starts dragging him. And people, everybody else is like behind gates and they're screaming like they think they're about to see this guy die. And I think so. I think they like shoot some guns that scare the lion away. But I'm sitting there thinking, geez, like if this guy, if like the lion just attacked him and killed him, just that, just that freaking fast, it's over. And then it's like, I don't know, just like that's how I want to go. <laughs> At the jaws of a predatorial jungle. No, cat. it's not as glorified as you think. Man. <laughs> yeah, but it sucks. If you had a spear, maybe and you had a little fight. But if you, you know, know what, what you're supposed spear? to do to interrupt you for the nine thousandth time, you know what you're supposed to do if a big cat attacks you. You know what what your like number one means of escape is. I think you're gonna say just like stand your ground. So let's say. It, Freaking puma tackles you, right? No idea. Coming at your face, you gotta bite its nose. Interesting. Super. I mean, think about a dog. Think about any creature with a snout. You have a bunch of nerves right there. If you pop a dog on the snout, that's like one of the most painful things you can do. When I get hit in the foot with like in the face of a football, think about you. Just Just, start tearing up. It's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. So think about as much the psi you can generate with 
with one little chomp. A bite? You're supposed mm-hmm. to chomp the shit of its nose. Because it's coming at your neck, right? So it means its nose is actually kind of close to your mouth. So you just got it in your last... You'll thank me one day. You're going to get mauled by a line. You'll be like, wait a minute, Snuggly Beef Cast. Oh. <laughs> You're going to have me on the podcast after that. <laughs> when I survive. Uh, yeah, I'll give you the podcast <laughs> if you survive out. You can fucking... <laughs> I'm going to be grappling. Use my jiu-jitsu. Just take its back. Rear naked. I'm such a big fan of, of big cats. Dude. Okay. We're going in one direction, but big cats, dude. <laughs> cheetahs are like, I think, well, cheetahs are like definitely like one of my top favorite animals. Jaguars are kind of in there. Oh my god, I'm such a jaguar guy. What? Snow leopard. Okay, why? Big cats are just so cool. They're so sexy. They're fast, they're sneaky, um, they're just lethal. Powerful. Dude, I mean, Planet Earth. I know you've seen Planet Earth. I. I don't watch much TV, and I literally sold my TV in my room because I was like, I don't use this thing. Like, huh. let's get this hell out of here. Yeah. But when I watch TV, it's Planet Earth or like some other you know documentary. I just think that stuff is so cool. I mean, Apex Predators, come on. Plus, it's just such a wacky phenomenon that this like freaking cat is at the top, just murking stuff. And they're so, I think they're fucking sexy, dude. Like. So stealthy, and they got this beautiful fur, and the tails. God, I wish I had a tail. <laughs> oh, I wish I wish it, all human beings had a tail. I wish that were just the norm. And like, because you know how expressive a tail is of of, of a creature with the tails, what they're feeling. Like, no one could would be able to lie. It's like you can't. Call, I see your tail wagging. Like, don't lie. So your tail wagging, or you just happy to see me? Right? right. I just God, it'd be so cool. And just the fact that they use that as balance, and the fact that they. Always land on their feet. And they're lightning fast, and they can sprint down like rocky hillsides and murk gazelles. I'm just such a big cat guy. I'm a huge big cat guy. I love. Um, my favorite part is when you see them go to stealth mode and they drop their level and like, oh, I just think that's so cool, right? Apex predator. Um, one of the things I love about them, I think it was cheetahs or something, dude. They're they they're they're tactical. They're not like it's just not just one cheetah t- attacking. I saw yeah, this video. Pr- they were in pride. Right? They're doing it on purpose. Like, there was one video. I mean, it's kind of terrible to say, but, like, let's say they were, they're going to attack the weakest thing they can find, right? That's just the easiest meal. So there was, like, a baby, whatever it was, gazelle. Elephant or some yeah. Shit. yeah. Uh, well, let's say something faster, right? Like, mm. baby gazelle and mama gazelle. And, I mean, it's kind of like, it's like, makes you sad a little bit, but it's also like, wow. Circle of life. Get it over is. it, you hippies. Yeah, okay. So, dude, it's like, um, the first couple ones, they're not, they're, their whole goal is to kind of separate. The, the baby from the things so they're not even really attacking the mom but they're chasing the mom and she doesn't want to get attacked so she starts running away and then like another one's like sitting ready to pick it off it's sad but it's like triangulation but it's triangulation and it's freaking genius <laughs> intelligent design alright you gotta tell me where you stand on that then <clears throat> something's going on I always come back down to that I'm not the biggest fan of Christian I mean Christian I like more than Catholicism just because it's broader okay. and it includes more people. And like, Jesus was the man, and we would probably be all better people by listening to like what he was saying and whatnot. You think he was actually a person, or is that just all? Yeah, there? I think it's kind of historically accepted that he existed, Walked right? The planet, okay. I don't know if I think whatever his message was is probably pretty different than it is today what people are saying it is I think and not because I know you're a religious guy I don't want to like jump down dude I love Max the reason I come on 
<laughs> this stuff is because this is, I just think that there's no people don't have like these genuine conversations and stuff, man. I so agree. like I like talking about this stuff. And here's the deal. The only prerequisite is that both parties are humble enough to accept the other party's opinion and you know what I'm saying? And then you can you have just communicate. A, a, yeah, I wanna hear your I wanna hear your points and then if you have like if I say a point and you got something that you can you don't agree with i want to hear it right. it's gonna make me better if we work through it that's why you're a fucking cool guy and that's why you're here right sorry now. for interrupting no not at all i think listening to that dude's teachings i i don't really see any holes in them i think that's dope i think the whole i'm the son of god thing has become has become taken out of kind of craziness and there's just there's so many holes you can poke in the catholicism thing but it's like i i like the idea of viewing him as kind of a mythic figure where he's he's a narrative. He's he's every best quality from a story warped into one story. And come on, turn the other cheek and live simply and love your neighbor. I'm like so on board with all that kind of stuff. I just think people so easily because they're because they're scared about how scary life is, and they should be because life is terrifying. That. The term that I've heard is corporate religion kind of takes this like warm blanket approach. It's like, all right, we have all the answers. Well, everything's safe over here. We, we'll tell you what happens when you die. We'll answer all the big questions. You just got to follow these rules and you're ours. And I mean, I'm just n- skeptical of any entity that says they know the answer because nobody knows the answer. I think there's so much dope stuff to be had out of the Bible and out of the head, like New Testament and everything. Um, but I just, certain things just kind of people run away with, like the whole sexuality thing. And how that's like your most basic primal drive is what makes you sinful and bad and you need to like fight it. I mean, come on. And too much of anything is a bad thing. But like, what? I don't know. There's just a lot there. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, do you feel okay? Well, if you're gonna go on the sexual thing, do you are you telling me that you've never felt like guilty about doing something? I have because I was brainwashed to think that all of my sexual desires were sinful. Right. Okay. Which no, totally. Which don't have to be. Like no. you can be in Sri Lanka and never have heard of any of that, and just doing this whoever you want. And that's okay. I think that people get in slippery ground when they try to say that any desire as itself in all circumstances is good or bad. So what I mean is I think that I think that all of our desires in sometimes are good and are sometimes are bad. You know, so um, there's times for both of them. Even something like, you know, the desire to be like motherly, you know, um, protective is good, but if it's... You take it too far. You can take it too far. Same thing, but the sexual thing is the same thing. I think there's times when it's totally right, and there's times when maybe it's not. Um, so putting a blanket to one desire over all times is good or bad, I don't agree with that. I think we're... I think it's kind of what you're saying. Um, maybe. I just feel like... I mean, there's whole systems of just consensual non-monogamy. Like, there's just different ways to have sex than just the classical Judeo-Christian long-term marriage pair bond kind of way. It's like, I don't know if that has to necessarily be grounded in an ethic. Right. But if you zoom out 
I think it's fair to say that even if cultures are like more loose on like the whole monogamy or polygamy thing, they still aren't saying you can just go sleep around with anybody you want. There's still like a like. Well, let's say what's wrong with sleeping with anybody you want? I'm just saying. Would you not agree that like almost all cultures, even if some are like one wife and some are like four wives, none of them say everybody can with with, with everybody. Do you? I. I think a lot of human cultures don't okay. say that, but like that's one point. I don't know what how many species there are, but that's one little corner of oh, okay. the entire biosphere of life that's like decided to live this certain way. Okay. And I mean, again, I, I often kind of struggle with the whole human beings think they're so freaking important thing, but like what makes us more significant than dolphins or chimpanzees or whatever? Is it because. We have the capacity for rational thoughts. Like you don't think that's a big deal? I think it's definitely a big deal, but I don't know. I mean, the whole superiority thing that comes with it. I just don't know if we deserve. Right. Like because we were kind of just an accident. Like we were just an evolutionary. Oh, here's this small group of monkeys that got these specific skills and then zipped up to the top of the food chain, and now they're dominating the whole planet. And it's like, do you get to just pull the because we evolved and now we're at the top, we're like the best and we deserve. Right. So, okay, if you don't mind, I got two things on that. that Lay it on in. me, baby. Um, first one is evolution. I'm starting, okay, I'm reading a book right now that's changing my whole opinion on evolution at all, hmm. which is crazy. It's just a different way of thinking and I'm, I'm going to allow it to just take it for what it is. I think anything you're supposed, you should take it for what it's saying. You know, you can't just assume it's wrong. You have to listen to it. Feel it out. What's the book? Um, it's called The Face That um, Shows the Farce of Evolution or something like that. It's very interesting. Is it like sexual selection or? Um, it's kind of trying to say that the whole evolution thing is wrong and that we just accepted it and nobody really has like – it's trying to partially say that like all the people who really know the facts are, are – they, they know that it's wrong but they like don't want to – Admit that it's like a big conspiracy thing? Kind of. Part of it is about um, fossil fossil record. Now, first off. Fossil fuels. I don't know anything. Yeah, fossil fuels. I'm coming back. Um, Part of it is about the fossil record, right? Like talking about if you have one species and another species, you would think that if they evolved, if the first one evolved to the second one over millions of years, that we would have fossil records of everything in between, wouldn't we? Yet, I mean, I think that makes sense. You know, it's not like you just have – the one, and then you have the other. There has to be some sort of mm-hmm. steps. But th- this book, yeah, at least, is, claim- is claiming that there ain't no bricks in between. That there's no that there's like you can ask all the paleontologists, and they're gonna they have to admit that there's no like in between fossil records from here to here. Now I don't know if it's true or not. It's just very interesting to my mind, um, and it even kind of picks at some of the you know ape to us kind of saying that like that wasn't. It at all. I don't know if that's real or not. The other thing, let me just ask you this. Okay, so let's just assume that evolution is real, right? And monkeys turn to us eventually. But if we start rewinding and we start at the very beginning, I don't understand how these whatever you want to pretend is there goes. Some go the way toward monkey, some go the way toward frog. You see what I'm saying? You're telling me that everything came from like. This, all these different species, millions of species, came from the same couple things floating around? I want to say, yeah. Right. Because... Know, just, like, at what point did... 
Well, because they go to different environments, right? Like okay. these little single-celled organisms go west and these go east. And east is land and west is water, let's say. Or it doesn't even have to be that drastic. East is a little warm and west is a little cold. So a little warm starts developing photosynthesis because it realizes because there's some weird mutation and it can... I mean, there's energy coming from the sun. So boom, and it starts... And again, it takes millions and millions of years. I mean, I can see... I can see how things branch off and, and become different things. And it's so much of it is about environment, right? It's like yeah. giraffes are like that because they needed to reach tall food. Sure. I think the thing that just gets me is like one, like mutations, like a mutation for the better kind of confuses me. Like a mutation is almost always It's not even like, necessarily better. It's just more fitting to survive in that specific circumstance. Right. It might not even it, it might be putting you on a, on a track to get murked in the next century but it's just okay all these it, it's gonna be really cold for now so all the people who are have the weird gene that allows them to be slightly warmer are just gonna survive and it's, it's not like evolution is like this this nice trajectory sure. towards 2018 humans it's right. kind of just this wackadoo throw on the wall and see what works yeah it's like it's beautiful in that that's a phenomenon and things have happened in this way, but there isn't necessarily an old guy with a white beard sitting in the clouds. I'm who's, not, who's not like of the old guy white beard thinking. Direct in traffic, you know? Well, I'm definitely not old guy white cloud, you know, in the clouds, but... Um, I think I it's a good metaphor. Honestly, going back to our boy JP, okay. he kind of breaks down the, the, the reason that that idea... Of like the God, the Father, the the All Knowing Father, and he does such a better job, and I'm gonna totally botch it, but it's like, it's a metaphor because human beings are very cinematic, not cinematic, story, narrative creatures. That that has just become the best metaphor because it's the idea of like you're aspiring to the greater good in the future, judging you from that. Ideal because you're trying to reach your maximum potential. So why would we have this drawing toward story in the first place? If you know, why if there weren't a real story behind it, why would we even have this? Why do we just like stories? You know what I'm saying? Like it's that's an excellent question. I um, think it's I the just, only just, way to to kind of connect every sentient being in the world. I guess it's like I mean I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Joseph Campbell. Um, he was a guy who kind of analyzed mythologies from all sorts of different tribes and kind of cross-indexed everything and found a bunch of similarities, which is really cool. There's certain themes and, and tropes that kind of keep arising, and it's just cool. There's always the idea of, you know, this son and this hero. I mean, the hero is the... The individual that, you know, succeeds by fighting through the underworld. I mean, this comes up in Greek mythology. Christ rising from the dead comes up in Egyptian mythology. It's, it's like narrative. Why, why do we like narrative so much? I don't know. I just thought of that. I don't, I'm not expecting to sell an answer. It's just something I was like, why? Why do we? Because, um, I mean, that's, everyone, everyone sees a, a good movie and they're just engrossed. Right. And they're just totally... And so it's like, why? Because it's, I mean, a story is attempting to tell you how to live your life and I guess each person is striving for the answer what the heck's going on and this is 
a clue into maybe how I should act. Right. Maybe it's an easy way to put meaning towards something, you know, like yeah. a rememberable way. I, I can see those things. Um, okay, so you said something about, like, striving towards the greater good. That's, like, a whole other thing that, like, what do you mean by greater good? Just the best possible scenario that you can create for yourself. Okay. Still, I'm kind of like, okay, so I guess I'm getting into, I'm just, I guess I'm just getting into that whole thing about like, how could there be good and evil if there weren't an over, if there weren't a standard, you know, if there weren't the all powerful, all good standard, how could there be like, this is good, but this is bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with like people who, who say there's no objective good and evil, it's like, all right, well, what do you say about, take your pick of right, the 1900s, the, the mass genocide sure. super, and it's like, oh, well, that person, you know, they thought they were doing the right thing, but weren't they wrong? Right. Isn't there, they, What was they the right totally thing that wrong? they thought they were doing? So they thought they were doing the right thing, but weren't they incorrect about that? Weren't they doing the wrong right. thing? Are we just in a cult of positive, friendly, societally harmonizing behaviors and that's not intrinsically what we think of as the positive yesness? I don't know, but but fucking what better way to organize existence with besides compassion and everything? I mean, it's just weird. It's like animals won't won't let the sick and the elderly kind of slow them down, but we do. Mm. Is that is that because we're better and we're moral? I don't know. Yeah. And it kind of has to come back to IDK, right? That's what I was saying. Like when I'm a little weary of people, are like, oh, well, I have all the answers. Oh. You kind of got to come back to like, well, I don't fucking know. Here's here's how I think about all this, man. Like at the end of the day, I don't know, and I don't think I'll ever know unless I die. Until I die, and I don't think anybody I hope else. When you die, know. you get to know everything. That's my, what I'm hoping for. I think there's a very real possibility that you will. But what I'm <laughs> I think what I'm getting at is, at the end of the day, we're not going to know. You can't know. But I think you have to pick. You have to pick something because it's like something is right. I die. Nothing happens. Okay, maybe that's right. I die. I go to heaven or hell. Maybe that's right. I die. I get reincarnated. Maybe that's right. But I just. From everything I've gathered, something is right, and therefore the other things are wrong. That's thinking about it in human terms. So you tell me that you think that somebody could die and go to heaven, and somebody could die. So and something happens. happens when you die. You see, you know what I mean? But no, you see how yeah, we're yeah. putting on like cause and effect, and and linear chain of events. Well, you don't think to to the the most impossibly unanswerable question. Well, when you die, potentially nothing happens. I think we're already dead. No, don't give me that. Come on. I just think all the the stuff about heaven and hell, I think that's now. I think that's right now. I don't think you should wait until you die to to realize what's important and what's significant. It's no, absolutely like not. You can cascade into chaos or too much chaos and hell in this dimension right here or heaven. Like we are saying, you can have these moments of complete content with the present situation and when it's like when when we die I just think we're kind of already dead and I can't even truly articulate it and I say this all the time and I just, no dude you're not supposed to be able to that's right. why it's so fun about it right. but 
I but, heard someone say that once, like, we're already dead. And not, like, in a way where, like, it's, like, fatalistic. Like, oh, we're gonna die. No, it's, like, we're already dead. I'm not fully there. Life and death are the two sides of the same coin. Okay. Yeah, but... Expiration of your meat sack <laughs> is just another state. I, I, I've truly never been able to articulate this. It's hard, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's hard to just... Completely neglect the the death thing. Oh, we're not going to worry about that. It's a, I mean, that's kind of a huge thing, right? It's right. hard to just pretend like. I'm just saying, I get, I get your, I get what you're saying about. I'm just putting it into human terms, but I feel like deep down you have to kind of agree that when you die, there's some answer. Either there's nothing and you just decompose and that's it, or there could be an alternative existence. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like <laughs> trailing it up at the end when you look like love it. No, I'm a big fan. <sighs> you know, I mean, yeah. come on, you got it. That's what my intuitions, my human rational intuitions, which are trying to organize this crazy freaking thing that's going on, which has no duty to be explicable in my terms. Unless it wanted to be. I'm sorry. No, man, I. I, tr- I don't know. No, I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. The way that I just look at it is I don't know, um, but when I weigh the options, it's like, okay, so I'm a Christian, so let's just go with that option. If it is wrong, then maybe the atheists are right and nothing happens. Or it's wrong and the other religions are right. See, atheists are silly, though. Cause Why? Because you can't just say there's no God because that's just a, a syntactical... Uh, like a, a word issue, a verbal issue. Like God... What people mean by God is everything that we don't know and whatever's going on that created what's going on. You can't deny that something's going on. You have to be agnostic at your base. You can't be atheistic. I think atheism is more about rejecting because in the past it's been either, all right, you're this religion or you're a freaking pagan or whatever. But now there's just so many different flavors you can go. But you can't just be like, there is no God because you just haven't freaking thought enough about it. Because there's obviously a god. Maybe he's not a white guy with sick abs, with a beard who looks kind of like Poseidon in the clouds, who cares about what you do when you're naked. But there's an inexplicable force which is in charge. Do you are you of that mind that there's some force in charge? I mean, there has to be because something is governing the rules in the game that we're playing. Something, okay. had, or something created it. Totally. And we are that thing. We're a piece of that, aren't we? I mean, if we're in the game, we were created by whatever that thing is. And I come back to this all the time. It's like, you and me, if you level up high enough, we're the same thing. Universe one. The example I gave last time is Shiva invented you and, you know, Horus, the Egyptian god, invented me. No, it's like, Whatever happened, we're the same thing. We're not from different so you're, sectarian like you're, beliefs. Right, right. I see. I mean, and that's what I think is God. It's so like you're saying, everything. So you're kind of of a monotheistic viewpoint here. Yeah. Right. It's not like multiple things. It can't be because those multiple things are which a subset. One? Yeah. Which one? Who who coded those things? Yeah, totally. You know. No, totally. So I'm of the same mind. Comes as you. from one thing, right? That's what I think. I keep going back to the, just the freaking from nothing to something. 
Yeah. Big Bang needs a big banger. Yeah, what the hell, dude? I don't know. It's so hard. You know what's... We're it's trying just, to do, use rational human I know, I know. parameters to describe the and, infinite. And what I'm getting at here is we're never going to be able to explain it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to put your faith in something. I know people hate that word, faith, right? But if you're an atheist, you're putting your faith in that there's More nothing. More like faithiest. Hey. Because if there is something and you're saying there's not, you're in some deep doo-doo. Right, mm. so that takes a lot of faith to say, "Oh, there ain't no heaven and hell." I'm not going to go, you know. So I'm just like, I'm just. I just think heaven and hell are metaphors. I don't. I don't think you die, and because you, I don't know why I'm talking about masturbation so much. I have a very healthy sex life, but like some dude, some dude in India who's never heard of Jesus, he doesn't burn eternally just because he's never heard the word of God. I, I, I think the sure. whole, the idea of heaven and hell, are metaphors. That we need to take into account today, okay. right now. Fair. I see your point. Um, I know the Bible says that nobody goes to the Father except through the Son, but it doesn't necessarily say that they have to know of the Son. It's through Him. So maybe that's just like an open-ended thing. Is like He can decide. You know, it's through Him, but not necessarily having to know Him. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. It's just unfair that. I have to sit here and obey all the rules, and someone can not have ever even heard the rules, and they get the same reward that I get. Or punishment. If you're not... Well, you have the... Tr- I feel... You have the trouble with the rules. Is that kind of the, the, the submission there's thing? Certain, there's certain the dogmatic principles that... Yeah. Just like, dude, you just kind of came up with that. No, I, I agree. I think... Um, I don't, I don't want to go deep into this, but the whole Catholicism thing, I think there's... I'm not of that mindset. There's a lot of holes there, man. I'm, uh, and I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to take this time to do that. But right. I'm an evangelical Christian, so I'm of not of those. I think the thing about Catholicism, just briefly, is I just think it's the epitome of religion, meaning like putting structures, putting rules. I don't think that's really what was intended from the beginning. You know, um, dude. But there I don't are certain get... books that that didn't make it into the Bible. Like right. there was a canon of the Bible decided in what council of trent and it said oh this is apocryphal and this is not there's just too much human error in the past two thousand years getting in the way of what i think jesus was trying to get across right no i mean it's totally possible i just i just try i just try to boil it down to like you gotta put your faith in something so let me see what let me do my research do the evidence see which one Makes most sense, and then go that side because at some point you, you're gonna have to, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't just stay in this middle ground. I guess you can, but the middle ground is a side, right? So that is your choice, in a way, if that makes sense. So I'm just, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. These are topics and questions that people just still to this day debate and have no idea the answer to, and. It's cool to talk about. It's very cool to talk about. I enjoy it. I feel like these types of conversations are where the real stuff happens, you know? I agree. Do you have any any other things you wanted to touch on? Any other bonus round style questions or any like sick like workout things you could tell the world? Sick workout? You're just so vascular. Why do you shave your arms? To make Um, yourself look more jacked? Probably so. You don't have a... You're going all natural? You don't have a... A decisive guideline as to why, you, dude, you got some sick vascular forearms. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's why. You Being just you just shave them without even thinking. 
I've just kind of done it like that for a long time. Shave your I leg? Think, no, I think what happened was I was getting in the bodybuilding phase, looking at those guys. You just kind of started doing that. I never was like a leg shaver guy. First off, that's just too much work. Right. <laughs> Second off, just, I don't know, something masculine about it. You know, about kidding. shaving your arms? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you noticed the vascularity. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, all right, well, then I guess we're coming up on almost two hours. Whoa. Um, how can we make the world a better place? Make the world a better place? You gotta just start with yourself. I think, um... Right? Doesn't doesn't the best way to go from the top down and make society better start with the individual? It's 100%. It's the Jordan Peterson thing. Make your bed and all that stuff. It's just kind of, um... Dude, I think... I call it, you know... Jocko Willink and these guys they talk about they call it on you're getting on the path it's something I've kind of thought about before I call it getting in the game it's just it's just deciding that you want to make yourself better and make the world around you better and it's a it's a just a lifelong process um, but it's like when I come here my goal is just to make you and I better as a whole after and if, if everybody makes that decision, I'm not saying we're all going to be perfect. We're going to fail time and time again. But, but if, what, a, what a trajectory to try on, and go absolutely. down, right? Totally. So, yeah, start with yourself. I love that. I'm going to piggyback off of that and say something that has brought me great meaning is – and I keep coming back, back to cliches as I, as I age gracefully into my, my silver years. Just leaving places more beautiful than you found them and – it just it makes me like if you stay over at someone's house, just clean up the room, like and even like organize a little bit and kind of, you know, maybe write them a nice thank you note and just make a little order out of the chaos. It's just been pretty sick for me. I've been liking it and recycle, please. I'm seeing so much friggin' plastic th- thrown in with all the garbage. What's up with that? Can we please take a little <sighs> just authority and responsibility for our world here? Come on, like stop throwing away plat. Like you just put it in a different bag and then recycle it. Jerks. Sorry, I didn't mean that on a mean note. You know I love you guys. This has been John Michael Moore. As as much and more so fun than I anticipated. Thank you so much for coming on, man. You know I love doing with these with you. You know I'll have you back on again soon. God bless you. Keep kicking ass. Appreciate it. Sup.